It's a Minefield is an audio exploration produced by us, people who ride the waves of mental and emotional distress. Our expertise comes from our lived experience, and these are the stories you'll hear, along with those who are on the journey with us. The roller coaster of mental health can be lonely and overwhelming, but we're all in this together and would love for you to join us. Hey, Chris. Hey, Leon. Hey, Hannah. Hi. <laughs> Good to see you all. Um, I had a recent chat with a colleague and friend of mine, uh, Nat Toll, and she also experiences really big feelings. Right. And her way of sitting with them is a kind of therapy called dialectical behavioural therapy or DBT. Ah, tell us about DBT. Well, first of all, have either of you folks heard of DBT? Okay, I admit it, I've been through DBT, so I know it <laughs> a little bit encyclopedically. <laughs> <laughs> How did I find it? So DBT, as a bit of history, was started by a woman called Marsha Linehan. Now, she uh, is from the USA and she had lots of lived experience of being in and out of hospitals. Um, she was diagnosed with borderline, not that I'm a big uh, advocate for, for diagnoses anyway. And she was seen as hard work, a frequent flyer, um, someone who couldn't be fixed. Uh, after some really nasty experiences with psychiatry, she said, no, there's ways to make this better and created dialectical behavioural therapy, which is simply a variety of skills that you learn very pragmatic skills. One skill, for example, is called opposite to emotion action, um, which is quite hard. But if you're feeling, for example, very anxious to do the opposite of that, to go out to with chest held up high. So to, to actually do the opposite of that emotion, that's a really, really hard one. If you're feeling down and depressed and sad to get out of the house. Another one is, for example, um, changing the temperature, splashing cold face on your water, putting an ice pack on, or even having a cold shower. I'll never do that um, if you're feeling overwhelmed. So that's another one. But skills like that, so nothing really um, complex, just skills. And it's one of the most effective things I've ever done and has huge evidence behind it. So it was a peer, it was an us who created DBT and a really well-respected one. So tell us about Natalie. What did you talk about? We talked about her journey with big feelings and I guess we looked at before DBT and how the big feelings and some of the actions that they drove were affecting the quality of her life and her relationships. And then the role that DBT slowly played in changing the actions. So the feelings can still be there, but they feel more manageable and you're not mm. driven to action. Mm. And we just heard um, your wonderful description, Hannah, of mm. the way you navigate big feelings. Yeah, and I can't remember what I said. <laughs> you said a whole lot of really insightful stuff about how you've experienced a lot of big feelings in your life and, and how you've yeah. dealt with them. I mean, I think all of my feelings throughout my life have felt quite big and maybe like unmanageable but as i've gotten older and through therapy and 
all that kind of stuff. I've learned how to regulate them and make them so that they don't actually control my life. I can just live alongside them in harmony, really. Yeah. Beautiful. Been a process. Mm. I'm still learning that myself. I think it's a never-ending process. I don't mm. think it's like, I don't think you ever complete it. No, we never complete the masters. <laughs> I always say we're all beautifully wounded, works in progress, doing the best we can with the tools we have in the circumstances we find ourselves in. Exactly. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing this interview. Me too. I'm excited. Yeah, it'd be really great. Um, Natalie now you know, as you'll find out in the interview, um, works in the mental health space and really champions DBT. Woohoo! Hey folks, Chris here. I'm here with Natalie Toll, an extraordinary peer worker who has used DBT both in her personal recovery and in helping and supporting others in their recovery. Um, she's here with me now to talk about her experience of big feelings and how DBT has helped to navigate that. Hey, Natalie, thanks so much for joining. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, no worries. Um, I guess, can you kick us off with telling me about your experience of big feelings and what that means to you? Yeah, um, I guess I have always had big feelings. Um, I guess since I was a, a child, like I've always been quite um sensitive and and felt the big feels and I guess when I was younger I didn't really know what that really looked like and I think you know we all grew up in different home environments and different family dynamics in terms of how they see emotions and how emotions should be expressed that kind of thing and I guess with my family it's a very you know your typical Irish Catholic like don't really have too many emotions at one time let's just be you know, um, let's just kind of have a couple of different emotions, but not too not too big of big emotions. Um, and I guess I kind of yeah learned that you know emotions aren't something that should be expressed too much, and um, yeah, like wasn't a big um, talker about you know how you're feeling, and that's just kind of a typical Irish thing as well. Um, but I guess with, that kind of taught me to. I guess, hold in my emotions a bit, even though I was feeling them, I was feeling them really big on the inside, but I was struggling how to express them, I guess, effectively. Um, so yeah, and then I kind of, as I got older, it caused some some issues, I guess, interpersonally and things like that, um, not having that healthy relationship with big emotions. Um, and then, yeah, when I started to do some therapy and kind of work on myself, I learned that um, having big emotions is is so fine and it's okay. And um, it's really how we look at them and frame them. That's the power of like, you know, expressing them in a healthy way and can be a bit of a superpower. Like you feel big things um, and that's okay. Um, it's how you kind of express and manifest the feeling that, yeah, it's kind of, it can either lead to, you know, doing some ineffective things or or when you kind of harness the power of getting to know your emotions and feeling them. It's a really uh, beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, how did therapy help with getting to know your emotions? I think it helped me destigmatize emotions and, and kind of get in touch with them. Like I feel like growing up I only had like – either I was angry or I was sad or I was okay. 
and like going to therapy, it was like, yeah, there's no other emotions that exist. There's no better. No. Um, so I think therapy opened up my world to like, I guess, being able to identify emotions and identify how I was feeling. So I was really out of touch with my body and how I felt. It was just like, I know I feel some kind of way, but I don't actually know the name of how I'm feeling. Um, so it helped to be like, oh, okay, I'm actually feeling a, bit, a little bit lonely. Maybe that's why I'm feeling a bit sad or, oh, I'm actually really happy. Like, this is happiness. Like, I guess I've always had, you know, my emotions have been very extreme. So it's kind of like making them less intense in a good way um, and kind of knowing how when an emotion comes up for you, what that's signaling you and telling you was really helpful. Like, yeah, it really helped to know that we feel emotions for a reason and they signal to us they're like signs it's like something's missing like you look at sadness it's like I'm sad because there's been a loss or you know something's happened and that's making me want to withdraw and stay in bed all day that that makes perfect sense so like you know anger is like someone's crossed a boundary or you know a value something that you value has been taken away like so I got really into like emotions and what they mean and what they signal and that really helped me to identify how I was feeling then and kind of um yeah learn to like self-soothe and just deal handle my emotions in a better way than I had been previously what were some of the barriers to getting support to handling your emotions initially like I guess before you started getting support or even before you knew maybe what kind of tools you needed? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I think a lot of people feel like this as well, like they are so used to feeling like a bit anxious or feeling a bit flat or feeling a certain way for so many years of their life that they're just used to this feeling and they don't think that maybe I shouldn't always feel anxious. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't always have depression. Like you don't see it as something that's kind of clinical or something that like could be helped like um so for me it was I was just like trucking along being like oh it's so fine to have these intense feelings and be depressed and be sad and be happy then like have this roller coaster that was just so normal to me because that's all I'd known um and it actually took um a manager in a previous role saying to like I was clearly burning out at work because things were just coming up and that like from my past and I wasn't really even realizing that and then I was kind of burning art and he was like I think you should speak to someone and I was kind of like well like I'm fine like um and then I did and I was like so glad because yeah it helped me be like feel that like what I'm going what I'm going through isn't I hate saying the word normal but like it can be helped like what I'm experiencing I can have a better quality of life basically I don't have to keep living like this um so yeah I guess the barriers were not really knowing that I could get help for this stuff um and also having the attitude of like oh I'll be fine it's it's fine you'll be right like you know that kind of just pull up your socks and get on with it like that's kind of the mentality I grew up around as well like just just you'll be fine just keep going like yeah not thinking I was guess deserving of of feeling better because I thought, well, this is just how I always feel. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. What would you say to somebody who has been feeling latched for a long time 
And on one hand, they're, you know, acknowledging and weighing up that, hey, I need some support. And then mm. part of them that is like, I felt like this forever. It's never going to change. Yeah. Um, I feel like if someone said that to me, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, so I'm trying to think of it. What can I say that would be helpful? Um, I think just knowing that for me, it was a real, it was like a self-worth thing. It was like, well, I, I need to just get on with it. Like maybe, you know, there's other people out there that are worse than me. Um, but I would say to anyone that's like struggling and thinking about reaching out is like, do it. Like, I think that everyone should have therapy. Um, I think it's just this space for you to come back to yourself and explore like who you are, why you feel certain ways. It's okay. And um, yeah, I'll just say, take the leap. It does take, you know, courage and it's really hard to navigate mental health systems. Um, I was so confused because like I'm not from Australia, so navigating it was difficult and challenging, but um, I would just say go for it. Like it's, you're really doing your future self a favor um, and it's scary. It's a bit of all the feels, but I think do it anyway. You're involved in um, delivering and creating uh a program of therapy um, around dialectical behavioural therapy. Um, mm. Tell us a bit about um, dialectical behavioural therapy, I guess how it's helped you and I guess yeah. support other people access it. Yeah, um, so I've done DBT as part of my own um, like recovery journey and it's really a I mean, the gold standard treatment is doing a year of four modules in a group setting um, around uh, emotion regulation, distress tolerance, interpersonal effectiveness and mindfulness. Um, and it's done in a group setting um, because you kind of learn from others who are in it with you and going through similar struggles. It's facilitated typically by um, a psychologist. Um, and I found it life-changing. Like it really, really helped me so much, um, especially with things like suicidal thinking and kind of the ineffective coping strategies that I'd developed over time. Um, and then, yeah, when I started working as a peer worker at a hospital, they were delivering it. And I was like, oh, I really want to like be involved in this. But obviously, I'm not a psychologist, so like I can't really teach it or deliver it. Anyway, long story short, um, I reached out to the facilitators and the DBT team and they were more than happy to have me help facilitate the group as well from like a lived experience point of view um so I'm so I was so happy like I was like this is awesome that I'm actually teaching and, and helping people to learn the skills that I find so life-changing yeah so it's it's kind of the term dialectical is really it means working with opposites so it's kind of um working with change like knowing okay i need to change but ex and accepting that um so like acceptance and change are kind of opposite so it's kind of working with the two together to build a life worth living um yeah i found it really really helpful yeah and is that a therapy that has helped you build a life worth living yeah yeah definitely i think it was like it kind of kick-started my recovery journey um really helped me remove a lot of judgment around um how I was feeling and what I was going through and the diagnosis I was given so it's kind of like 
oh great like I can get help with all of this and I felt like all of the skills were like taught and tailored for me and I was like wow this like but like so many other people struggle with it so I was like that's so cool to know I don't know if cool is the right word but like it's so relieving to know that I'm not the only one who thinks like this or struggles with this um yeah I found it really validating and helpful um definitely hard at times to learn new skills and get rid of old unhelpful skills but um it's kind of like it's a practice like dbt is a philosophy and an ongoing practice which i like as well it's not like okay i've done it now i'm i'm better i I still practice the skills all the time even now yeah it sounds like that validation played a big role in healing and improving Mm, yeah yeah because i think like yeah, as I said before, it's kind of like, oh, just get on with things. Like, yeah. you're fine. Like, and I'm like, I wasn't fine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But knowing that there's a word and, and terms for what I'm going through and uh, things can get better, like, that gave me a lot of hope. Yeah. I think um, a lot of the time, like, myself working in mental health, and I'm sure you've seen it as well because um, we're both in peer roles, uh, there's a lot of stigma around big feelings and often people experiencing big feelings might be given a diagnosis, particularly borderline personality mm-hmm. disorder, um, and yeah. that can uh, throw up a whole lot of challenges. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if you can speak to your experience and stigma and how you navigated that. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, when I learned about borderline personality disorder I'd I kind of learned it the the like I'd worked in mental health and heard it and then I'd heard how people speak about people with BPD and it was always quite negative like it was like you know attention seeking being manipulative blah 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 and I was like god well these people sound hectic like you know you kind of like you're that's how people are talking about them so you're like oh okay and then, um, yeah, when I started doing therapy and learning more about BPD and complex trauma, like you, seeing it from a trauma lens really helped because it's kind of like you, you're you learning how to connect, gain connection, get needs met, and this is how you have learned and coped and survived until now to do that. And, like, I think people's impression of BPD is really negative and there is a lot of stigma but once you understand I guess like the theory behind why someone is saying this or presenting like this it all kind of relates back to them just surviving and this is what how they survive because they don't know better ways or more effective ways to communicate needs Um, so I think when you look at it like that especially through a trauma lens um, it's really helpful and we have you know big feelings because you learn to be hypervigilant in your environment and learn like to read people and to gauge the room and like it's a bit of a superpower like um one of my psychiatrists said that to me like it's it's a you're a super feeler like I was like oh yeah okay um so knowing that I actually can read people really well or be attuned to people better than the average person. I think it's a superpower. Like sometimes it's exhausting because you, you're you're always like, oh, that person seems a bit sad today. Or yeah, like, you know, even when you feel nothing, you feel it completely. So it's like you feel everything, even the nothing. And it's like, 
a bit tiring, but I think once you learn to like harness that power, um, yeah, I wouldn't change it. Like I wouldn't get rid of feeling things so big. I love that term, super feeler. Was that yeah? When you heard that, was that did that reduce some of the self stigma? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, because I was, I just always knew like I was such an intense, like emotional person, but it was very internal. Like it was very, I kept a lid on it. Um, but I was like, surely it shouldn't be like a freaking volcano in me all the time. Like I kind of knew something was a bit off or like, um, but yeah, when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is a nice way to look at it. Like, yeah, reduced a lot of self-judgment for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. I guess, um, how does it feel like working in the therapeutic space now, but in a peer capacity, so like a lived experience capacity and supporting people in their own journeys? Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, it can be quite like mentally um, taxing at times because you're with people who, you know, have um, are going through a lot of you what you went through, and it can kind of bring up stuff like, oh, yeah, like I remember when I did that, and when I was feeling like that, you know, like, and I'm like, God, sometimes I don't get paid enough because we're just like, <laughs> we're feeling all the feels like from a personal and professional lens and it's um but it's really lovely like I've had so many amazing conversations with people and people have said you know things that have just stayed with me um I really like I used to work in tech in the psychiatric emergency and people coming in sometimes the first time ever feeling suicidal and I'm there I've been like yeah I've been there so many times like it's okay like you know, removing the stigma that they have, removing the judgment on themselves and being like, things can get better. Like, I'm still here. You can continue to build a life worth living. This is a crisis in your life that you will overcome. Like, kind of just giving people that hope. I've just, I just love doing that um, and seeing people's responses being like, oh, wow, okay. Like, you've, you've experienced this too. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, um, yeah, I, I I've really enjoyed that and I'm working with young people now, um, which I really love as well, kind of when they're at the start of their journeys, um, so kind of setting them up and giving them a good contact with a mental health service um, is really fulfilling and rewarding. How do you, I guess, take care of your own emotional health and like well-being when you are carrying other people's stories and experiences that may closely relate to us and do closely relate to us? Yeah, yeah, and it definitely happens. Um, I think I I try to always check in with myself at work and be like, okay, how, where I'm at today? Like, I didn't sleep very well last night. I'm a bit stressed about this. And if I'm not kind of in an amazing headspace, I'll maybe like it when I worked at the hospital. I wouldn't go to the psychiatric emergency because I'm like I'm feeling a bit like I guess fragile today. I'm gonna go to like the older person's unit and and like run a group and have like a bit more of an upbeat day um so just really knowing how I'm feeling on the day and and working like so I don't kind of start to feel worse but it's hard because sometimes you'll meet someone and you don't know what they're going to say so um but I think just that's kind of a motivator to keep improving on my own wellness and my journey um 
and not necessarily just like in terms of therapy, but just like making sure I get a good night's sleep, making sure I'm not I'm eating the right foods that are good for me to help me feel good. I'm exercising. I'm not stressed, or if I'm stressed, like handling that mindfulness, like it just helps, kind of motivates me to keep on top of my wellness so that I can be the best version of myself at work for other people. Yeah, it sounds like all of those things that you just mentioned that are uh, not therapeutic. So, or like therapeutic in the clinical kind of sense, mm-hmm. in terms of eating and sleep and and mm-hmm. connection and all of that kind of thing. It sounds like that plays just an in, just as important a role as, you know, you sit down kind of therapy does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I that's my biggest advice to anyone is like the small things are the big things. Like once you get the small things right, like your sleep I never knew how sleep much sleep was so important. Like it sounds so like, well yeah, duh. Like need to go to sleep at night but I didn't realize how much that like personally affected me if I didn't get the right amount of sleep or the best quality of sleep um how that would affect my mood um and it's it's the same for everyone like if you don't sleep like you're not gonna be in a good way um and yeah like exercising and eating the right foods like I've tried different kind of not diet in the sense of like weight loss I just like different um nutrition plans and diets to like oh okay I seem to operate better on like a higher fat high protein kind of approach um yeah and obviously if you eat shit food you're gonna feel like shit so it's kind of just honing in on those little things and I'm kind of like once all those needs are met my sleep and all that kind of stuff if I'm still feeling crap then okay maybe there's something else going on but I'm kind of like I won't let myself go in my head about why am I feeling like this if I've slept for two hours last night like it's like that's why accept <laughs> it yeah 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 yeah, yeah definitely and I guess yeah. last question what does a life worth living look like for you what does that mean to you oh I don't think I've ever been asked that um I think for me it's living living in the here and now as much as possible trying not to live in the past or the future and living a life that I feel I'm my most authentic self and that I'm pursuing things in life and being around the people in life that are meaningful to me and that give me purpose. Um, and, and yeah, I, like you like say like acceptance is a huge part of that. Like bad things might happen. You just have to accept them. This is life. Um, it's a roller coaster for everyone. Um, yeah, just being like my authentic self's been a big thing for me because I spent a lot of time like not really knowing who I was and figuring that out and not knowing what my identity was and kind of living for other people. And so I think living for myself and doing what is most authentic and true to me is is my way of living life worth living. That's perfect. Thanks so much, Nat. Really appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. It's a Mindfield is produced by Chris Jager, Hannah Achelis, and Leon Fernandez. Audio by Lockie Hilda. We're kindly supported by the Mental Health Commission of New South Wales. You can reach out to us at iamf.org.au. And remember, we're all in this together. <laughs>